welcome everybody on a Tuesday this week. And probably that's going to stay that way going forward. Draft talking Tony Browski is out the way with yours truly. It's great to have you in here on the show this week. Joining me today, most of the guys are all here, including a few returning guests. Eli Bashi is here. And so is Mike Billica. He has returned from his few-week slumber, if you will. Grant Richards is also here. And last but certainly not least... Tyler Sawa is back. It might be a one-week thing, but Tyler Sawa, ladies and gentlemen, has returned. Gentlemen, let's get started. I want to make these intros quick because there's so much to talk about today, but let's start with Tyler. (laughs) Tyler, it might be a one-week thing, like I said, but welcome back. How are we doing today? How does it feel to be back? It's great to be back. Yeah! Uh, I just thought it was a very necessary episode, and, and the time worked <laughs> out, obviously. But the, this is this is a good turning point in Detroit sports history. Like yesterday, at yes, the time Tyler has made it back to trash talk. Oh, like yeah, well that, and oh. you know, Cade Cunningham's first game was the Detroit Pistons. Like this is real life now, and well, he's a bust, you know. Uh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna talk and, about uh, that later. You know, we 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 got good Tigers baseball, Lions football right around the corner. Ooh. I mean, we're just on the we're on the climb. I'm on trash talk right now. Everything's good right now. Everything's good right now. <laughs> it's so good to have Tyler back. And it's great we, to do, be back. we do have to do a little bit of explaining for why Tyler is here and why we are releasing this on a Tuesday. And also why I teased in the intro that this might be the new thing going forward. So here's how we always used to do trash talk. We used to always record Monday mornings at 10 a.m. And even with stuff happening real life stuff like Grant getting a job and Mike having to work on Mondays and Tyler having the liquor store duties and Jay falling asleep we would still always come together as tired as we would be and we would record the episodes at 10 a.m each Monday and I would get it out the same day around noon one or two o'clock but then Eli got a big boy job and when Eli got a big boy job I sat back and thought to myself okay I'm gonna lose Eli I might lose Mike. Grant does these from his car on his lunch break. Tyler's not here. And Jay is so, so tired in the morning when we record. We might have to figure out a a new time to do trash talk. So we got together as a crew and we decided, hey, what about Monday nights? You know, that would be perfect, especially for the football season. Record on Monday night, get it out on Tuesday. It works for me. It works for everybody else because that's more convenient for everybody's schedule. So here we are. And for our first little Tuesday episode, we have the pleasure to bring Tyler back. Maybe he'll be back more going forward. I don't know. We'll see how the schedules play out. But Tyler, nonetheless, it's great to have you back. Let's go to another returning man, Mike Bilka. He is back as well. How are we doing today, Mike? How are we? It feels great to be back. (laughs) Yeah! been a long awaited return i've been itching to come back and here we are it's <laughs> he, finally here he has been just itching so you could, bad you could say he had a craving to come back yes you could say that he has had it's like he's been hungry and needed some food he's starving <laughs> oh, to come back hey, well, I hungry. I speaking of today, speaking I'll of food I've gotten Mike hip on a food at Comerica Park, the elephant ears. <laughs> oh my goodness, yeah, ears so we went crazy. to a we went to a trash talk game. Uh, I think it was last last week. Tuesday. Yeah, yeah last Tuesday against the Red Sox. We won that game, by the way. That was a fun game. 
Miggy's but, 498th home run, I might add. Yeah, it was a great game. I didn't think it was going to be a good game after the first two winnings, but it turned out to be a great game to be at. But in the middle of the game, Tyler and Mike went to go get food, and they were gone for a long time. I mean, it was me, Eli, Jay, and Grant who were sitting there like, where are these two? They come back a few minutes later. Oh, we were getting elephant ears. <laughs> and How- we saw Johnny. Elliot, they did see Johnny, too. Yep, we passed by the man himself, Johnny Kane. Did he have any elephant ears with you? No, he did not I have elephant ears. I don't think that is <laughs> hey, hey, Johnny, you want an elephant ear? <laughs> well, we, we, we were finished by the time we met him. <laughs> oh, we cleaned well, those Well, you could have bought him we some. We cleaned them. Oh, I'm well, not surprised you cleaned a plate of food, Mike. It well, was like three <laughs> minutes in there. Mike, Mike, did you hear what Tony said? He said we could have bought them. With with the extra money we had. (laughs) I'm not saying any more. I don't want Comerica Park coming after me. I think Comerica Park got a buy one get one free going on. Is that that what you guys told me? That's what you guys told me? I mean, I don't don't know. I don't know. But we did have extra money. I I will say we could have bought (laughs) some Great, great. Okay. Moving on here. Elephant ears. Great food, apparently. Tyler, what about the chicken basket with french fries? Amazing, amazing. What's in your mouth right now? That's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. As he's stuffing something in his face. You can't be stuffing food and not tell us what's going on. What do you got in it's, your mouth right now? It's just, it's just Ritz crackers. Nothing special. Oh. So. Yeah. I was hoping you'd say elephant ears, but that's neither here nor there. I wish. I was hoping you'd say like some biryani or something. I, 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 I what is that? It's it's a very good spicy Indian Chaldean food or whatever. Is it something it. I could order at Marcus Grill? No, no <laughs> absolutely I don't not. So. <laughs> Eli, I actually have some leftover uh, kubahamo, so I might. Have to oh, that later oh my yeah. goodness gracious! All right, All right we're, we're getting off topic. Yeah, my we're moving. We're moving on now. <laughs> Thank you, Tyler and Mike. Good to have you back as always. Uh, let's go to Eli Bashy now. How are you today, Eli? How's the new job going? Uh, it's going well. I've uh, I've worked 36 hours in four days so far, so it's uh, it's very tiring. I've never worked that long before, and I'm curious how I'm gonna hold up. Job treating me well so far. Payday is Friday. The first payday. So first payday. You want to get some elephant ears or something? Want to go to a yeah, unica- might, unicorns game? I might buy Johnny some buy one get one free elephant ears. <laughs> <laughs> we have extra money now. Feel they have. Oh my! <laughs> All right. Last I don't know what you're not- talking about, Eli. Oh boy. Last but not least, yeah. Grant Richards. Let me get to Grant. Last but not least, Grant Richards. How are we today, Grant? And as always, Mike, I missed it so much. Please give it to me. Come on. The sports betting, Grant. How was it this weekend? <laughs> Weekend was good. We were kind of nonstop. Um, Mike, I've never been more sad to hear you ask me. <clears throat> to hear you ask oh, me how my sports betting was. No. It oh, was an no. absolute curb stomping this week <laughs> to the old curb account. stomp. I there were other words I wanted to say, but not going to. But it, nothing went right. There were multiple. Did the bets sports bets would, RKO you? I would say. I would say so. I, th- I think that's... Oh, no. I feel like I got 619 multiple times this weekend. Or just multiple times this week, man. It was One just point like... for Grant right there for that. <laughs> that's just amazing. Dude, I love Rey Mysterio. Anyway. Um, oh, he name-dropped him. Was... Just 
constantly like I said, Tony and I sent each other all of our bets, and yeah. multiple times they were like, "Dude, this this is the one." This we is felt the so good quick this week. Easy parlay mm-hmm. to just get me on the right track, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. nothing. No, nothing. It was a tough week for Grant. <sighs> it happens Tony, I though. I had I had I had that one stretch about a month or so ago where I was on like a three week losing streak or whatever. It happens, man. But you know what? We yeah, just got to I mean, keep our heads high and bounce back. Yeah, keep it rolling. Um, the parlay tonight, not looking great, considering we're recording <laughs> on a Monday. Um, had Cincinnati minus two, or getting, giving two runs, and they're down six. So, another. Well, Wilson Ramos hit another homer today. Buffalo, Tyler. I saw that. I mean, when Wilson Ramos was hot, man. Scary guy right there. I, there was a time where he led the league in homers. So. <laughs> and had, like, one of the highest OPSs. Okay, we're done with the Buffalo talk. Thank you. But Grant did ask how my sports betting went. Um, if we want to lighten up the mood a little bit, maybe cheer Grant up because after I was so cold and having win-loss, 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 I am now on fire. And it just goes to show you, you keep your head down and keep on pushing. The wins are going to happen. I'm on a three-week winning streak, and now we're going to try to keep it rolling this week. Let's do it. It's good to have everyone back this week. We're missing Jay. He's playing basketball right now. He said that he's sorry that he couldn't make it, but it's all right because, you know, we obviously got Tyler and Mike back today. And it's good that we got Tyler back especially because as we have teased throughout the past few weeks, today's episode is going to be the first episode with football talk. Later in the program, we're going to talk some Lions. We're going to talk some Raiders for Grant. And we're also going to end the program with some quick training camp Super Bowl picks. But before we get into football, I do want to start with the Pistons in the Summer League. Because the Pistons' first Summer League game was on Sunday night. At the time of recording this, it is Monday. So if we say last night, it was last night at the time of recording this. We apologize if there's some confusion there because this is obviously coming out on Tuesday. But the Pistons lost their first summer league game against the Oklahoma City Thunder on uh, Sunday night. Though wins and losses really don't mean much because it's a summer league. <laughs> and also player performance honestly really doesn't matter that much either because, again, it's only the summer league. <laughs> but I still want to open the program talking a little Cade Cunningham, some Killian Hayes, Seku, and how others looked for the Pistons in the first summer league game. I'm going to mostly let Eli and Mike talk here because I want to save my voice for the Lions of football talk. And also, this is going to be their time to shine because it's basketball. Let's try to keep it timely, gentlemen. Maybe at most 10 minutes because I do want to spend a lot of time on football later on. So, Eli, I want to start with you. You can talk about Cade, Killian, any other big quote-unquote takeaways from the Pistons Summer League opener. This time is for you. Let's go. All right, so first off, I want to start and say that, yeah, it would be nice to win Summer League games. Yeah, Cade said they want to come out and they want to win the Summer League championship. But at the same time, the Pistons have a lot of guys that have guaranteed roster spots. And a lot of these other Summer League teams have guys that are playing like as hard as they possibly can to try to make an NBA roster. So you got to really think about that. Like if the Pistons go out here and they lose more games in the summer league, the Pistons have, you know, Killian Hayes, Kate Cunningham, Sadiq Bay, and Saban Lee all and Seku 
who are the best players on their summer league team and guys that all pretty much have guaranteed roster spots. And when you have that, it's like, yeah, those guys, they should be playing as hard as they can, but realistically, they don't have as much to play for as guys on other teams, say Charlie Brown Jr. for Oklahoma City yesterday. But yeah, I thought our guys played that man, that first quarter was like, they they went off in the first quarter. It was like everything we could have asked for. Pistons Twitter was going crazy. Every single time I tweeted anything, it was getting 200 likes in the first five minutes. It was just insane. Um, and then the bench unit came in, and it really slowed down. And then that momentum just kind of carried on the rest of the game, and they could never come back. But... I really liked what I saw from Killian Hayes and Sekou. Um, Killian still, of course, he's not a shooter yet, but I think he can get there. His mid-range pull-up looks really nice. His floater looks nice. He was going a lot more aggressive to the rim than he did his rookie year. He drew a foul at the end of the game that he would not have drawn last year. Um, He just put his head down and went right into the defense at the rim. He missed both free throws, which is uncharacteristic because he shot 82% from the free throw line last year. So I don't really, you know, that doesn't really mean much to me. Um, And then they had some uncharacteristic turnovers. I don't want to go off on Tyler Cook as much as I want to because he was trending number 12 on Twitter yesterday, and Tyler Cook... Was he seriously? He was in the USA. (laughs) He was trending number 12, and Tyler Cook should never be trending number 12. In a bad way. Yeah, Yeah. that's just excessive at that point. I mean, the guy... People said he he studied Eric Ebron's film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He... I've never seen a guy on, like, five straight possessions drop every single pass thrown to him. It was like, it t- you want to know how to kill momentum? That right there is how you kill momentum. They were getting turnovers and then just throwing outlet passes to Tyler Cook, and he just drops every single one, and it's just like, man, you, you can't kill momentum any more than that. Cade came out pretty hot in the first quarter, slowed down uh, as the game went on. They weren't getting good shots. He was kind of just standing in the corner. They weren't using him well. They played Saban Lee with Killian and Cade, and that really just is a suffocating like offensive lineup. You just have no spacing at all. Um, I'd like to see them use Cade more. Um, give him the ball, just give him the ball more. Honestly, he was posting up. They weren't giving him the ball. He had good size advantages. Give Cade the ball. I know he wants to take a back seat. You know, he, he doesn't want this whole number one stigma, but at some point you, he, he needs to be the number one option on the team. You know, it should not be Saban Lee. So I was very happy with everyone's performances. Seku, although he only had six points, he really might have been the best player on the court for the Pistons. And that makes me really happy because he was just noticeably, he was everywhere when he was in the game. If he had played more minutes, I think the Pistons could have won the game. Um, He had five blocks, which is just like unbelievable. They, if I'm them, I might think about starting him at center next game because he might be your only answer if Tyler Cook is going to come out and stink it up again. But I'll let Mike talk, and we can wrap it up, I guess. 
Well, if you got it all out, that's what we're looking for here. Is there anything else that you wanted to add? Because please yeah. feel free to get it all yeah, out. Yeah, I got something else to add. Uh, oh, he, he sounds confident. Yeah, I got, I got something else to add. <laughs> Jalen Green tomorrow is playing against the Pistons. And well, technically he, today, as, as this comes out. Yeah, yeah, today, Jalen Green playing against the Pistons. He's either going to have, like, 30-plus points, or he's going to go, like, 2 for 19. I don't think there's going to be an in-between. I'm very excited to see the rest of the games. Um, I'm excited. Killian and Cade really played a lot of good defense, um, which kind of gets overlooked because everyone's just trying to see what they're going to do on offense, but... Those two defensively is just really interesting. Also, Sadiq, while he kind of played pretty well, was creating his own shot, he also looked off Cade being wide open like 50 times and looked off Sekou cutting like 50 times. So Sadiq needs to really improve his court vision because he, he kind of goes into tunnel vision mode sometimes and it can be very frustrating. Mike, would you like to add anything? Or just talk oh, yeah. about your overall, again, quote-unquote takeaways from the Pistons' first summer league game. I really like how the main guys look. I think killing on defense is unreal. Like, it's so overlooked by a lot of people, but he's just he's suffocating. Like, the way he, he plays so hard on defense and, and, and just does a spectacular job. It's just, to me, it's fun to watch, and I think he should get more credit for that. But... Sadiq, I could see that Sadiq's trying to expand his game, and he's he's had some struggles with it, but, you know, that's just part of it. And I, I'm happy he's trying to do more because I think he is capable of it. But the main thing, the main problem I had with, with yesterday was just was coaching. I think the coaching is just, <laughs> to a certain extent, is just sabotaging what they're trying to do. It was very, very poor, and I think, I hope things will change, but I don't know. Perfect. Thank you, gentlemen. If we had more time, I would also go into some Summer League thoughts. Um, i talk about this whole narrative that Cade's a bust after one game, the narrative that Killian sucks after one Summer League game, even though he had a pretty solid game against the Thunder on Sunday night. But, like I said, I want to keep this, kind of want to keep this as a short segment because I want to spend a lot of time talking football. But I'm sure going forward, we'll probably have a lot more time to talk about our takeaways from the Summer League or whatnot. But as Eli mentioned, uh, Pistons and Rockets coming up tonight on Tuesday night. It's going to be the number one pick versus the number two pick. That's going to be a really, really interesting watch. I'm curious to see how Jalen Green comes out because he did call out the Pistons (laughs) on draft night, if you remember that. And... You know, Cade, obviously, he, even though it's a summer league, he might want to, you know, show the Pistons, hey, you took me over this guy, I'll show you that was a good idea, even if it's just a summer league. But, I don't know, it'll be very interesting nonetheless. So that's enough Pistons talk and summer league talk for today. Ladies and gentlemen, boys in the call, I'm about to say some words that I have been waiting to say for a long time, and it feels so good to say these words too. Grant and Tyler, I'm especially looking at you too. It's football time. It's football time. Mike, you like how I did the Fox theme song too? He might leave the call after that one. 
it's 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 NBC time, Tyler. It's something like football time. Who has the best NFL theme song? Let's debate next, okay? Well, no, ladies and gentlemen, boys on the call, it's football time. For the first time this season, let's talk some football. The NFL is back. Training camps are underway. Preseason games start this week. We got the Lions and the Buffalo Bills from Ford Field. Right, Tyler, from Ford Field? Correct. Yes, on Friday. Dan Correct. Campbell came out today on Monday and said that the starters are going to play at least a quarter. So we actually need to watch this preseason game. <laughs> Even though it's kind of almost similar to the summer league, the games really don't matter. Wins and losses don't mean much. But we still got to watch it because football is back and the stars are going to play. The regular season also starts in about a month from now. I'm so ready. <laughs> I am so ready. Let's go, gentlemen. We're going to start with the Lions, and then we are going to move into the Raiders. Grant's Raiders, I should add, uh, before quickly ending the show today with some training camp Super Bowl picks, which we will update throughout the season. So without further ado, let's go, gentlemen. I'll go first with the Lions, and then I will open it up to mainly Tyler and Grant. So let's go. They're not going to be very good this year, but I'm still very excited for the Lions this season. The Lions are in the beginning of their rebuild, which is why I have zero expectations for the team this year. Wins really won't mean that much to me personally this year because of the fact that the Lions are in the beginning stages of their rebuild, which is perfectly okay. It is completely fine if the Lions stink this year. <laughs> Maybe it means we get Spencer Rattler in the draft. I'm high on him, but we'll, we'll save that topic for another day. Despite being in a rebuild... In my expectations being really low, there are still several things I'm interested to see unfold with the Lions this year. Uh, let's begin offensively, and let's start with Jared Goff, or as Eli calls him, Jared Goof. Right, Eli? Yeah, that's Jared Goof, man. My quarter. That's my quarterback, Jared Goof. <laughs> there it is. Called him Jared Goof right off the bat. I love it. I am interested to see how Jared Goff does this season. Though, I kind of feel bad for Jared Goff because I really don't expect him to do great this season. I don't think being away from Sean McVay is exactly going to help his career. And also, honestly, who's he going to throw the ball to? <laughs> he will have TJ Hawkinson, who he's going to have another big year if he can stay healthy. I've been a big hot guy since day one, and I believe right now, I strongly believe that Hawk is a top five tight end in football, easily. I love TJ Hawkinson. And I think Jared Goff and Hawk, that's going to be a fun combination this season. But other than him, who really is there to throw the ball to, <laughs> especially at wide receiver? Our wide receiver core is really not looking that good at all to me. Now, I do like our rookie wide receiver from USC, Amonor St. Brown, who Monday at practice hurdled Jeff Okuda. <laughs> uh, I like Amon St. Brown, and Quintez Cephas is still young too. But other than those two, you got former Raider Tyrell Williams, you got Brashad Perriman. I mean, come on. <laughs> now, there is one guy who is a name that people are starting to notice right now, and that is Khalif Raymond. Did I say his name right, Tyler? Khalif correct. Raymond? Yeah, correct. Yeah, Khalif Raymond. That's a name that I'm seeing starting to circulate Twitter a little bit. That's interesting. 
But still, our wide receiver core might honestly be one of, if not the worst in football. <laughs> uh, I really don't know who Jerichoff is going to throw to outside of Hawkinson and a few others, which is why I'm not, unfortunately, expecting much from Jared Goff slash Jared Goof this year. Now, on the bright side, though, offensively, we do have a nice running back core in DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams, and rookie Jamar Jefferson. I like our running backs, and I really think especially Swift is going to have a big year behind our offensive line. And speaking of the offensive line, listen, if the Lions want to have a quick turnaround in this rebuild, one of the biggest things that they are going to need to do is build up the offensive and defensive lines. And on paper, so far so good to me with that old line. Taylor Decker, Jonah Jackson, Frank Ragnow, maybe Big V, and then Panay Sewell. That's a nice old line on paper, if you ask me. I think we've really got something going with that offensive line. And our new offensive coordinator, Anthony Lynn, he is known for always having strong running games in his offenses. And because of that, I think our running backs, especially DeAndre Swift, are going to have really nice years behind that offensive line. Defensively, they can't be much worse than the last few years (laughs) on the defensive side of the ball. I don't think they'll be elite by any means, but I can't imagine that they're ever going to be that bad again defensively. There are some players I think could have nice seasons defensively too for the Lions. Let's start with Jeff Okuda, who is a player I'm really excited to see this year. I'm still a big Jeff Okuda guy. I loved him at Ohio State, even though last year was kind of up and down. I still really like Jeff Okuda. He's healthy now. He has a new DC to work with in Aaron Glenn. He's got a new number. He's rocking 23 now. I think it could be a big year for him, hopefully, because like I said, I still really like Jeff Okuda a lot. Tracy Walker is also another player that we really can't forget about. And the thing with Tracy Walker is that he really didn't like his previous coaching staff. (laughs) So maybe being with this new staff is going to motivate him a bit and make him a better player overall. Michael Brockers is a new addition to the defense, and I think he's another one that I'm excited to see. He was brought over in a separate deal from the Rams, separate from the Matthew Stafford trade. Considering how underrated Brockers was on that stacked Rams defense, he could be a huge addition to our defense. I definitely think that. I want to see how a healthy Trey Flowers looks. I want to see if Romeo Cora was worth the money. And speaking of Romeo Cora, his brother, Julian, I've heard a lot of good things on Twitter about Julian Okora so far in training camp. And that's intriguing to me because he's still young. Didn't really do much in his rookie season, but he's still young. And he was... A lot of people considered him to be a first-round pick at Notre Dame before he got hurt. So there's still some potential there with Julian Okora. Speaking of some young potential on the defensive side of the ball, our two rookie D tackles, Levi Onzerike and especially Ali McNeil, I'm super excited to see those two as well. Ali McNeil, that's another player who I have seen a lot of good things on Twitter so far in training camp. Overall, on defense, as I've said, I don't think they can <laughs> I don't think they could possibly be worse than last year. And there are some players that I'm interested to see on that side of the ball. Aaron Glenn was a massive hire at defensive coordinator. He had interest from other teams, including Chicago, so I'm excited to see what he can do with this team. The last thing I'll mention for my little Lions preview, if you will, is Dan Campbell and the rest of the coaching staff. I love MCDC. He really won me over this offseason. 
people will make fun of him for his quotes, you know, biting off kneecaps and his coffee order <laughs> and the just the overall way that he coaches, doing workouts with the team and whatnot. Uh, but I love it. Uh, I was on Twitter earlier today on Monday, and I saw Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network, and I tweeted this out too. Uh, he posted a video talking about the overall feeling in the Lions building with Dan Campbell and how it is, quote, very different right now from when Matt Patricia was a head coach. And Ian also mentioned the words, quote, renewed and refreshed as well. I love to hear that. I really do. It gives me hope that we actually got a guy who gets it here. He knows how to coach men and lead a team of men. And though I don't expect many wins this year from the Lions, I still want to see how Dan Campbell coaches and how the team responds to him. Because let's say in let's say November or December, and our record might not be great. How is the team going to respond to Dan in that situation? Are they still going to be fired up to play each week? I mean, how is that going to go? Uh, that's one of the things I'm interested to see with Dan Campbell and his coaching style. I might honestly be more interested in that than the team's win-loss record this year, to be completely honest with you. But to wrap it up for me, because I've been talking for a while, like I said, I don't expect many wins this season because it's the beginning of a rebuild, but I'm still super pumped to have the Lions back, and though they might not be very good, there are a lot of interesting storylines to follow along with the team throughout the season. So that's my little Lions preview. I now want to go to Tyler, because he's also our big Lions guy here. Tyler, the floor is yours. Yeah, I thought you did a great job explaining, you know, oh, the, whole, thank you. the whole process of, you know, them kind of starting from scratch, basically. This is like, for the first time, me being a fan, I know the whole cliche, the Lions been rebuilding for 100 years, whatever, Since right? Since 57. Yeah, like, I understand all the whole <laughs> cliche, but, like, this is, for like, legitimately the first time, as me being a fan of the Lions, I've seen them, like, gutted out from, like, yeah. the whole roster, from, like, what they had, and just kind of start you know with the whole fresh page like you know we've seen mm-hmm. them bring in new coaches we've seen them you know try to bring in stopgap players to like you know one two-year deals and try to just fill the void for those years but this is the first year where the lions kind of have a long-term plan and i think that's kind of exciting you know i think the job that brad holmes has done this offseason as his first year as general manager for this detroit lions i thought it was just really exciting man like i thought i think he's giving us a solid foundation you know he's setting up setting us up with four first round picks for the next two years which is you know, really huge in football, obviously, getting as many first-round picks and getting as many top picks in general because, you know, he's trying to maximize the window that he has, that he, he's under contract for, which is a five-year deal and with Dan Campbell with a six-year deal. So I, I like the foundation that Brad Holmes is doing in year one where he's kind of getting his guys in. He's kind of bringing a lot of experimental pieces and seeing, you know, who could be some guys that we could build off for this team in the long run. And that's going to be the question with this season. It's going to be a really big development year, and you're going to see some guys that are going to either stick around for the long part of this you know, team or some guys that are probably just not going to make the team next year, and they're just fighting for another contract in the NFL. I think there's a lot of guys, a lot of open competition, and it's the most open competition uh, team I, I've seen for the Lions ever. Um, I, I think that's why, you know, just going back to the draft, the UDFA class, those guys have decisions to come. I thought the Lions had a great UDFA class, and from their perspective, taking a Lions job was a smart choice because if you're getting a call from the Lions, you're going to have a legitimate shot to make a roster and have basically an open tryout for 31 other NFL teams, You know, even if it's not the Lions. 
So, you know, Brad Holmes, his first year kind of gutting it out and kind of setting a foundation. I, I really like what he did, man. I, I really do. Um, you know, I'm intrigued to see, you know, how he uh, kind of attacks the future drafts, attacks future free agencies. I thought this offseason in general, you know, Brad Holmes would build a team of if I could build a team. Like if I were ever a general manager or if I was going to do this on Madden, this is how I do it. You start from the trenches. You know, his first three picks, love it, man. That's just today's football. Went offensive line, defensive line, defensive line. First three draft picks. You know, people were, you know, giving him some crap for not, well, like, why don't you take a receiver? Why don't you take a receiver? And, you know, he, he maybe waited a little longer for a receiver. But I love the approach that, you know, Brad Holmes is building. And I love his philosophy that he's having of team building. So, you know, for him in year one, I thought he did a phenomenal job. I think as far as free agency, you know, he didn't overpay for anybody. He didn't give anyone else a multi-year contract outside of Romeo Quara, which a move I really like. I think a guy that has a bunch of potential. And we've seen Romeo Quara have big years already with the Lions. And I think you, you surround him with some good pieces around him. I think Romeo Quara could be a, a very good player. So, uh, I mean, the approach that Brad Holmes took this offseason, I, I was a big fan of, and I'm just excited to see how he could build the rest of this team, you know, throughout the years and, you know, when we're ready to compete, which will, you know, could be as early as next year. But I think the realistic plan in the NFL is you usually get your rookie quarterback, play, and, you know, usually that rookie quarterback will have a developmental year. And then by year three of, you know, when the, the guys get hired is when you, you you look to take that next step, kind of. So we'll see. I think 2024, 2023 could be the realistic, you know, time period where the Lions could be competitive again if everything goes right. But, you know, I'm just excited because I thought Brad Holmes had a great, you know, first offseason as general manager for the Lions. And, you know, I thought you, you know, nailed on the head is that the win-loss record this year doesn't really mean much. I think this could relate to the Pistons to a similar degree this year. Like, the win-loss record wasn't a big deal for the Pistons this year. It was kind of just seeing who was going to take that next step, who were going to be some guys that you could build off in the future. And I think that's very similar to the Detroit Lions team. You know, it's a it's a fresh team, fresh general manager, fresh everything, basically, in Detroit. Even ownership. I mean, if you want to call it, you know, new ownership, it's Sheila Ford now instead of Martha. So everything's new right now in Detroit with the Lions. So... You know, it's going to be a big developmental year for them and, and you know, to see what they kind of have going forward and how they're going to approach future drafts and how they're going to approach future free agency. So, you know, overall, like Tony said, the win-loss record, not as important this year. It's just kind of seeing what you have. A big year for Jared Goff, too, because, you know, I, I think the expectation right now is from a lot of Lions fans that Jared Goff is probably not the guy going forward. But if he could somehow prove that he could be that guy, that's huge for the Lions rebuild because then you would have figured out the quarterback position. You have a 26-year-old quarterback on a very friendly team contract, and then it just helps the team-building strategy way more, and you're going to build a, a contender a lot quicker if you could find your quarterback. Not that I'm expecting Goff to be that guy, but it's going to be a huge year for him if he could prove to this organization that he could be the franchise guy, former number one pick. And, you know, he's he's got a big, you know... He's got a steep hill to climb right now, so we'll see. But, you know, as far as an offensive line, I thought they've done a great job surrounding him with a good offensive line. You know, you mentioned the receivers. You know, the receivers are not great by any means. You mentioned Terrell Williams. You mentioned Cephas, uh, Brashad Perriman, Amonre Sun Brown. I think they have some guys that are going to contribute. Like, I think DeAndre Swift is going to be huge in this offense in the passing and the running game. I think Dan Campbell's even said he's, he plans to use a Swift kind of like an Elvin Kamara where you could use him in the passing game, use him in the running game, even spread him out. And I think that's what they're going to do with the Swift. 
So I think he's going to be a big part of this offense as far as the passing game and running game. And then I, I think, you know, a guy like St. Brown, I think he has all the potential in, in playing that nickel spot on offense. I think he has a, a potential to be a really good receiver going forward for this team. It's going to be a big year for him. I think he's going to start right away for this team. And just looking at the Lions depth chart that they released, uh, he is right now behind Quintez Cephas. I think by the end of the preseason, I, I would expect him to be the wide receiver three and the starting nickel receiver for this team. So... I'm I'm just excited, man. There's a lot of moving pieces with this team. I'm just excited to see how the team looks and, you know, these preseason games and just the season in general because I think they do have some sleeper players that I'm not going to mention all right now, but I, I think they have some guys that they could, you know, be looking at as long-term pieces, and that's exciting. So, you know, the win-loss record, like we said, not as important as what we're going to see from the development standpoint. And, you know, will the guys fight for Dan Campbell? I think that's going to be really important, you know, midseason if things aren't going as well as the win-loss record. So, you know, we'll see. I, I, I You know, I'm optimistic and I'm excited. I liked what you mentioned about the whole new era thing. If you think about it, it really is a new era for this football team because you mentioned technically at the top. It is technically a new owner, okay? It's not Martha anymore. It is Sheila. You got technically a new owner. You've got a new GM. You got a new head coach. You, you got a new quarterback, new coordinators, new everything. I mean, everything has been completely changed, which it probably should have been considering how bad <laughs> the last regime left it, but that's neither here nor there. I'd rather not get into that. So I like that point that you brought up. I like the point that you mentioned about the Pistons and kind of comparing last year's Pistons to this year's Lions because I think that is a good point. Like I've said, like Tyler said, wins and losses really don't mean that much this year as much as player development, coaching development, and just how the team really looks this year in general. The last point that you brought up that I want to quickly talk about goes back to Jared Goff and whether or not he will succeed this year outside of wide receiver I think the Lions do have some nice pieces around him I mentioned the offensive line which there are people in the NFL world saying it's possibly a top 10 offensive line which you absolutely love to hear as a Lions fan uh the the running back room I mentioned how much I like that I mentioned TJ Hawkinson I mean there are really good pieces around Jared Goff it's just the wide receivers and that's why I'm not really that high on Jared Goff don't get me wrong I would love to see Jared Goff go out there and prove me wrong because like Tyler said if Jared Goff ends up being the guy then that is your starting quarterback going forward that is a big question mark answered for your rebuild you got quarterback done boom let's go get pieces around him it would be huge if Jared Goff could actually be the guy for this team and I've always been saying since the Stafford trade I think Brad Holmes wants to give Jared Goff a season and though the wide receiver room might not be the best right now, Jared does have a lot of other pieces too. He's got a really solid offensive line. He's got some nice running backs too, along with the top five tight end in my mind. Let's see what happens. It's going to be a run-first offense with Anthony Lynn. There's going to be a little bit of pressure taken off Jared Goff's shoulders because of that. Let's see. If he's the guy, beautiful. If not, it's completely fine. Tyler, before we move on, I do want to quickly ask you about Dan Campbell as well. Dan Campbell in the NFL world has been, I don't want to say a controversial topic, but there are people out there in the NFL world, not Detroit, uh, nationally, who love Dan Campbell. 
But then there are also people who are just like, oh, it's not going to work. He's such a corny guy with his quotes and, you know, doing workouts with the team. It's just not going to work. It's fun, but it's not going to work. Your take on Dan Campbell heading into his first season as Lions head coach and your thoughts on just the way he is. I love it. And I know you do too, but I want you just to explain to the audience out there how you're feeling about Dan Campbell going into his first year. Yeah, I mean, I think the attitude's right. Like, he has the winning mentality. Like, you know, he knows he wants to win, and he has that mentality. Like, you know, he's going to get his guys ready for game days, and I love that. But I, I do have my questions, Mark, with Dan Campbell because, I mean, he has been interim head coach in Miami for half a season in 2015 and did a fine job, but that was in 2015. And ever since then, you know, he's just been, you know, Sean, or Sean Payton's basically right-hand man uh, being his tight ends coach and the assistant coach for Sean Payton. But, I mean, as far as, you know, an X and O's type of guy, you're not going to get that with Campbell. It's going to really be relied on the staff and the staff that he hires, which in this case it would be Lynn on the offense and Glenn on the defense. So you're not going to get that with with Campbell. You know, I'm just intrigued. You know, I'm not overly optimistic with Dan Campbell, but I'm not as low as people are on him as well. I'm just wait and see with him. I don't want to say I'm fully bought in and what he's doing because I I just don't know what he's like kind of offering because we haven't even seen a a game, a preseason game. I think if I even get one preseason game, I could give you a better answer. I just need at least half a season of, of seeing him being a coach where I can give you a better answer than right now. Because right now, like, I'm just, you know, I'm intrigued. I'm interested. I love what he says in his press conferences. But is that going to translate? Because at the end of the day, it's going to end up mattering. It's going to be wins and losses. You know, right now, I like to call it this is the honeymoon stage with Dan Campbell. Like, Lions fans are all bought in because what we're saying, you know, there's no win-losses right now. I'm just intrigued to see his first year as him as a head coach and how is, like, his players respond throughout the whole season. Are they always going to be fighting? Are they going to be a tough, gritty team? Or are they going to be a team that, hey, we're playing the Lions, let's smoke them this week? Like, there's a two difference of being, you know, a good and bad team, even though if we have a bad win and loss record, if that makes sense. Like, if they're not competitive in some of these games and the guys look like they're giving up, then you could have serious question marks about Campbell. But if the guys are competing every day and they look competitive in all 17 games or at least 16 out of the 17 games, then, you know, you can go looking forward to this rebuild and say, hey, we got a head coach. Even though the season wasn't great this year as far as wins, losses, you got a guy that's going to f- – you got players who are going to fight for this coach even when things are down. So I'm just intrigued. It's going to really, you know, be telling by midseason, I think, if, you know, this experiment's going to work or if there's still going to be hope going to next or to the 2022 season. I want to go to Grand now and – for the new listeners to the program, the thing I love about Grant is that he's not a Lions fan, okay? He's a Vegas Raiders fan. That's why we're going to talk Raiders later on in the program. Grant will not give us a biased opinion. Not that me and Tyler give biased opinions, but Grant for sure is not giving a Lions fan's perspective because he's not a Lions fan. So Grant, as an outsider, as someone who is not a fan of this team, They're going into their first season in a brand new rebuild. Like Tyler and I have mentioned, it's a brand new era. What are your thoughts on this team right now heading into the season? Just a couple takeaways. Um, First things first, I'm not saying I love the situation Jared Goff is in, and I think that's fair because, I mean, he's not really thrown to a lot of people leaving Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, uh, Gerald Everett, um, and, like, 
Higby, if you want to count him as well, like a very stacked offensive team to the Lions who um, don't have that level of talent at this time. But it's kind of, in a sense, like a prove it. It's like, hey, like we've seen that Jared Goff can put up points. We saw it in the Chiefs-Rams game when they almost put up 100 points together. He can complete passes. He can make throws. It's just, can he do that at a functional level? Can he make it look good? Can he be acceptable this year? I think that's all. That's how I'm taking it, is he just has to be acceptable. He just has to ride it out. I mean, I think that's the low bar. I think the high bar being that level of Jared Goff again. Like, you can tell when a quarterback makes a good throw and it might be on the receiver for not coming to the ball or not being in the right spot. You can judge a quarterback not strictly based off his completion rate. And I think that's going to be something to look for, like the accuracy of his passes, the average depth of his target, especially with Hawkinson kind of being the end-all, be-all right now of Lions offensive targets, but I'll get into that in a sec. I don't know. I'd love to see Jared Goff thrive, and I know he can, but there are two different Jared Goffs out there. There's Jared Goff, and as Eli has aptly named it, there is a Jared Goof out there. There's London game Jared Goff or Jared Goof where I think he threw he threw multiple picks, just looked absolutely horrible. And then there's Rams Chiefs Jared Goff. There's two out there and like like you guys have mentioned and touched on a couple of times now, that offensive line gives him the opportunity to be Jared Goff. And I like that coming out, but again, gotta hope somebody steps up target wise. Which gets me to my next point. Um, Tyrell Williams, if he can, if we can turn injuries off in the NFL, Tyrell Williams is an incredible wide receiver. He was healthy for the first five weeks of 2019 with the Raiders, scored five touchdowns. Touchdown a game, crazy long streak. He's reliable. He can catch. He can get open. He can do it all. He just has to stay healthy, which could make things 100 times better for Jared Goff. Um, And thirdly, as someone who's been on a team that is not good, I would much rather play for, and I think this goes without saying, I would much rather play for Dan Campbell than someone who is going to take away some of the stuff from our clubhouse, from just going to yell at us and swear he knows how to win. I think Dan Campbell's built for the struggle that the first season, maybe the second season also brings. I would love it if my lacrosse coach from high school, completely not relatable, but whatever, didn't make us run every time we lost because we continued losing. It wasn't fun to get reamed for something that was kind of out of our control because we just weren't a good team. I don't see Dan Campbell necessarily punishing. I see it more of like a conditioning, like, hey, here's where we were bad. Maybe we're going to stay a little longer after practice and work on this, as opposed to just screaming at people like he's gonna yell he's gonna he's an intense dude and i love that but not in the same intensity as previous regimes if you will and i don't i mean another prove me this is just jumping now last point i think uh another prove me wrong is gonna be anthony lane as a raiders fan i saw what he did in san diego slash la i enjoyed playing the Chargers for that very reason. 
no disrespect, but that that Anthony Lynn was one of the main reasons I was excited to gave gave us a chance against the Chargers, in my opinion. So again, new system, new team. You could basically slap a new logo, a new team name, a new city on these on this Detroit Lions, and that you're building from the dirt up. And this is a prove it time for a lot of guys. For can't remember his name, the Lions pick from SC. I'm on the yeah. round. Yeah, um, like he's he's got to prove it, and he like drafted later than a lot of big name wide receivers. He I would assume he gets looks pretty quickly because I don't see a lot of other guys coming in to do it. And when Tyrell Williams gets hurt, I know they're not like I believe one's a Z and one's an X wide receiver. Um, it's not really the same, but there's got to be that other wide receiver to rely on. I can relate to the Raiders because they just rely on Darren Waller for a vast majority of their offense, and that's stoppable. There has to be another guy that steps up, and like you guys have said, it's who's going to step up, who's going to prove that they belong in the NFL this year. This is, yeah, throw the record book out the window, whatever cliche you want to say. Whoever shows up is can be can now be labeled as a building block going forward so i i mean yeah it's not going to be an incredible immaculate undefeated super bowl winning season for the lions but it's going to be more in my opinion um going to be more of takeaways from individuals like the team will get some wins i I really don't see the lions threatening a a win 17 season but it's just going to be more of and it's weird to say in football but just who's standing out who can we build with going forward i also do quickly want to bring in eli and mike now i I know they're not going to be able to put too much into this like tyler and grant did but i'm still curious to hear these two talk about this because the lions are obviously in a rebuild now are you going to watch the lions less or more this season because of the fact that they're in this new era if you will uh, I'll let Mike go first because he probably has a stronger opinion on this than me. Eli just doesn't care. <laughs> he told us before the show went on he's not. He doesn't care about the NFL this year, which shocks me. This might surprise you, but if anything, I think I'm. I'd be even more open and excited to Ooh. watch this season than last because this season I have no expectations. Just same thing as the Pistons season last season. It's the first year of a rebuild. Throw out the young guys, see how they develop, and have fun with it. I mean, it's that simple to me. There's nothing to be mad about, really. I love to hear that from Mike. I really love to hear that. (laughs) With the crickets in the background. Mike's outside right now. It sounds sounds beautiful. I thought thought Mike was going to say, you know, I thought Mike was going to give, like, the the SOL answer. (laughs) I'll never never turn it to another Lions game. I'll never watch a Lions game. Mike isn't an SOL guy. 50 years, nothing changed. Oh, 40 years. 40, 40 years, nothing's, nothing's changed. changed. <laughs> Eli, what, what do you got to say? Um, I am happy in, with the direction they're moving in. Um, believe it or not, I might not sound too optimistic, but... He's just tired. And I'm just care. not a big football guy, honestly. Um, you know, still... why? What do you mean? I'm a big hockey guy and I'm a big basketball guy. Football's never been my forte. Uh, Except if it's Michigan football. 
Oh, God. I just haven't watched a Michigan football game in so long. Um, I, I'll tune into the Lions game every now and then. I'll probably be doing homework, though, on weekends now. So yeah, Eli's a busy man. Yeah, I'll, actually, I might. I'll, I'll ask you this, not to interrupt you. Are you more interested in Stafford's Rams or the rebuilding Lions? Um, Man, a couple months ago I would have told you Stafford's Rams. But He's I've really, man. I've really like, I, I I really don't care as much anymore, honestly. Mike, we lost him. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> Mike, like, of course, him. I love Stafford. Changed, like, I want Stafford to he, win the MVP. Oh. I want Stafford to win a playoff game. I would cry if Stafford won a play, won a playoff game. But like, you know, I said I was gonna watch every Rams game. I could. And I just, uh, I might not. <laughs> I'm like you with Eli on this. I think the time, ever since the trade happened, just really did it. Like, he's I, gone. Like, I feel like I should yeah. just let it go. Like, he's yeah, gone. him at all. No, oh, no. So I love Matthew Stafford. You guys aren't getting, like, butterflies about this? Dude, I am, I'm fired up to watch Stafford. I cannot wait you know, to I'm watch the Rams. Up. I'm fired up for Vegas. That's what I'm fired up Oh, oh I'll tell you what. That's a great transition. You were fired to watch the Vegas Raiders? I'll tell you what, man. That's a great transition. I've never told this to Grant, but I've told this to Tony. The Raiders might be the worst team hold that's on, like, trying on, to compete. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> We're going to talk about that. We're I'm going to sorry. talk about I'm that. Sorry, no, 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 Tyler, I'm you glad that you brought like that up sorry. because I wanted to talk about that. I wanted to talk about that. But before we get into that, before we talk <laughs> Vegas Raiders, to wrap up the Lions talk here because we're starting to run out of time here for the episode, very quickly, I do want to have some record predictions for this football team. You don't have to give me an exact you know, 17-game record or whatever. But if you want to give me the amount of wins that you think you see with this football team, that's fine as well. I'll go first. And, again, we'll try to keep this quickly because we're running out of time here. And I do want to give Grant all the time that he needs to talk about his Vegas Raiders. For me, I realistically only see three or four wins for the Lions this year. And, of course, they're going to win some games here and there that they probably shouldn't. But looking at the schedule right now, (laughs) I think Cincinnati could be a winnable game. I mean, I love Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Those are my guys, my LSU guys. And if Jay was here, he'd be he'd be with me right now on that. Uh, but Cincinnati, ah, I don't know. I think they might be beatable because of Zach Taylor and the coaching staff. Uh, Philadelphia might be winnable. The Eagles are not really looking good this year. And then I feel like because it's Dan Campbell and he understands how important divisional games are, I don't know who, but I feel like the Lions might be able to scratch out one or two divisional wins just because it's Dan Campbell and he knows that these games are important, <laughs> you know? Like, maybe Thanksgiving, the Lions just... Maybe on Thanksgiving, Dan Campbell just gives this emotional former player speech about how important Thanksgiving is in Detroit and they go out there and beat the Bears. Like, you know, I, I feel like Dan Campbell could motivate them once or twice to beat a divisional rival that they probably have no business beating because... Green Bay and Minnesota and Chicago are definitely better teams than the Lions on paper. I know the Lion fans are going to like when I say that, but that's just that's just the truth. Regardless, I see three or four wins. I'd love to be wrong, but I see three or four wins on this team. Tyler, how many wins do you see right now? I'll say five and what is it five and twelve now. So uh, yeah, I, I think so. 
Yeah, so it's five. So seventeen game season. I think they'll can. There's extra game this year, so I think yeah. they'll, I, I think they can win five because I think you know I hate doing like a big overall prediction because the NFL is such a week to week game. It's so unpredictable because there's always like a super injured team. And, yeah. You know, even even though like they're really like here example at the Niners, they were like a Super Bowl contending team last year, but they had so many injuries that you know. They're not as, as as good as they look now going to training camp, or you know, as they are right now going into preseason right now. So there's going to be some teams that are going to be like injured, and maybe the Lions have good matchups there. Like maybe like a team's not good at stopping the run. Like I don't know. Like it, it, there's always specific matchups every single week. So it's a week to week game. I, I so I usually hate big predictions like this, but I'll say five and eleven. I think they could squeak out five. Grant, I'm honestly sitting with Tyler on this one. I think five is. A little nice, but it's doable. I, I'm eyeing this uh, stretch kind of at and after Thanksgiving. There's a couple little games sprinkled in there that, that on paper might be better than the Lions, but notice, like notably hit or miss teams. Like the Cardinals aren't blowing teams out of the water on a regular basis. The Broncos have a good lo- roster, but I mean, they're the Broncos. Um, I mean, <sighs> Like, not to, I mean, just to kind of add really quickly to the factor of divisional games. I think the Bears, I think the Lions can snag one against the Bears. I think, I, I don't think that would be completely irrational to say. And no, I don't think so. Two, I mean, I don't know what they're looking at. Like, I think we have to assume that uh, there's going to be a quarterback change pretty quickly in that yeah. organization. Yeah. And that kind of could change everything. Mm-hmm. But... I don't know. I think there's. I think there's an available five win. I would ask Eli and Mike, but I don't think they really care. <laughs> so we're gonna I move. Hey, hey, hey! Oh, oh, I'm oh, oh! What did you say, Mike? Four and thirteen. Okay, he's with me on fourth. Okay, Eli. I, I, am gonna go seven and ten. Excuse me. I think Dan Campbell is going to build a culture here. I think players are going to have fun playing for him. I think players are going to want to win for him and for the city. The fans are going to pack Ford Field like they always do, no matter how bad the team is. There's a brand new, a whole brand new organization in there, all brand new players. I like the vibes around the team. The Lions are going to go 7-10. and 10. Jared Goff is going to be that guy. And he's not going to be Jared Goof. And the Lions are going 7-10. and 10, And they're not going to be the worst team in the division. Eli Eli heard me say he didn't care. And he got some Kool-Aid in him. My goodness. I, I, I don't even care about the seven wins. <laughs> he said Jared Goff is the franchise quarterback. Yeah, I, I, would be, I will be this so is, excited if Jared Goff is the franchise quarterback. This is the same guy who called him Jared Goof. <laughs> uh, Jared Goof, not Jared Goof no more. Oh, my. Yeah. I, I do I do agree with Eli from this standpoint. I, I think we're going to see a lot of Pistons in this Lions team this year. And what I mean by that is I don't think the Lions are going to get smoked each game. Like, I don't think we're going to see a lot of Tampa Bay losses last year. Like, I know we all remember that Tampa Bay game where it was like 40 to nothing or (laughs) whatever it was in the third quarter. I don't think we're going to see many games like that. Maybe we'll see one or two of them here and there. But 
I think this team is going to be competitive, and this goes back to the whole Dan Campbell thing. Being a former player, I think he's going to know how to get this team motivated, even if, let's say hypothetically, they're down big at halftime. Like, I think these guys are going to want to play for him, as Eli said. I personally don't think that's going to mean seven wins. I would be absolutely... I, I'm here for it if they win seven games and Jared Goff is the guy for this team. I'm all here for it because that's positive steps in the rebuild. But I don't know. We'll see. You know, to, you know, you know what this ahead. team reminds me of a little bit? It kind of reminds Ooh. me of, like, the Miami Dolphins. Like, Brian Flores' first year, kind okay. of. You know, like, they weren't a very good football I'm team. They actually – they were terrible in the beginning. Like They, they were, were they were not good that year, but they were competitive. But Flores kind of, like, mm-hmm. midseason got those guys mm-hmm. to buy in. He was a former Patriot guy, too. So, like, mm-hmm. that, that was a big question. Mm-hmm. And and then year two last year, I mean, you know, if uh, – I mean, they beat Grant's Raiders uh, by – or, or – yeah, they beat Grant's Raiders off that lucky did. play. Yeah. They did. And in Brian Flores' first year, if you remember, final game of the season, they yes, went into the New England. Yes. In New England, yeah. Yep, yep. That's and, a good comparison. And I, I think that's like this. That's what this Lions team is. Like, they're not going to be a great team year one, but I think year two, they have a chance to make a jump, like a significant jump potentially. And, you know, last year the Dolphins were a 10-win team and barely missed the playoffs. And just be competitive. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, keep going. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Just be competitive and, yeah. you know, d- don't don't be bad. Don't be like Freddie Kitchens like no, his first year. I, no, I can't. I do not want to see this team be absolute garbage. I don't want to see them getting blown out each game. Oh, oh like Cincinnati. That means, that means they like that. get a good pick. I don't care. I, I don't want to see this team get smoked each game. I said the, the same thing with the Pistons. Don't get smoked each game. Be competitive and lose that way. <laughs> I'm completely fine with that. Just the be reason, competitive. The reason I'm kind of optimistic on them, um, and also I was kind of just saying seven wins just because I didn't want to say five just because Tyler and Grant both said five. Oh, great. Um, so you went with seven. Yeah, I went with seven. Um, <laughs> Not six but four. the thing is, they can't. They can't be any worse than they were last year is the I, way I'm looking yeah, at it. They, I, like, they were historically bad, you know, on defense, and they really improved their offensive line. Um, like, honestly, this off – correct me if I'm wrong, one of you historians, but this offensive line we have this year is probably better than any of the offensive lines we've had in, like, the past decade. You know what? I'm glad that Tyler's here. We had this conversation before we went on air. Tyler, quickly answer this for us because we were talking about this before we recorded. Who has the better offensive line right now, Lions or Rams? Um, I would say the Lions, honestly. I did too. Yeah. No, I would say the Lions, yeah, for sure. And I mean, I mean they, that just—it's not like it's just all rookies too. It's like yeah, Panay Sewell's a rookie, but everyone else is established. No, like, we right have now established. Yeah, you Decker, got Ragnar Decker. Ragnar yeah. just Jonah had a really good year one. Like he's not a phenomenal player, but he's just a good you know play uh, plug and play guy. The only like, questionable guy is Big V. And if you remember earlier in the show when I was talking about the offensive line, I I think the words I said was maybe Big V. Yeah, I mean, putting him at guard, I think, will help him a lot more than playing at the tackle position and sticking him. You can't between put him Penice, at tackle anyway. Yeah, but sticking him between Sewell and Frank Ragnow, I mean, it's kind of hard to mess up on. It's like, hard to be bad. <laughs> it's hard to be bad when, when you're sticking between Panay Sewell and Frank Ragnow. It's hard to be bad if you're in between those two. I, I need to apologize to Eli and Mike because I was just about to skip them, but they're like, no, 
I got a prediction for you, so thank you, gentlemen. He like gave you seven wins. I love it. I, I, he's he, he's completely making that up. <laughs> I'm running on fumes right now, man. I'm half asleep. He needed, he needed the Kool Aid just to stay up. And I think Eli's awake now. Eli, got, Eli, got chills my body up. right now. Eli Dude, I'm not gonna, way. I'm not gonna lie to you guys. I've had my eyes closed for the last like 45 minutes. You know what, Eli? If you want to go to bed, go to bed. No, I'm, it, I'm it, staying. Oh, Eli, Eli's gonna text us tomorrow morning. Tickets. Eli's gonna text us tomorrow morning. Did I really say we won seven games this year? He's gonna listen back to this and go, "Oh my god, I said we're going to go seven and 10 <laughs> I'm buying tickets to opening night, oh. Ford Field, front row. Oh, yeah. I, I already Good bought night streets to your tickets. bank account. <laughs> yeah, my whole entire, my whole first paycheck is gonna no go to elephant that. ears for you. Oh, <laughs> Off I'll go. Sure. I'll go across the street and get buy one, get one free elephant ears. <laughs> Good for you. I, I'll, Good I'll give you the free part. Well, hey, listen. To get back on track here, that's not the last time we're going to talk Lions on this show. Uh, this is just the beginning, and I'm so excited to have Lions football talk back, boys. But now let's move into another team. Let's talk. I'll tell Vegas you what, Raiders. man. Yeah. I'll tell you what. We need to talk about the Vegas Raiders, man. Yeah, 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 we do. So for the new listeners on this program. I'm sure there's a lot of Lion fans going, all right, this is the part where I click off. But if you're still staying here with us, very quickly, we are going to talk a little Vegas Raiders. Because as I mentioned earlier in the show, Grant, if you aren't aware, is, well, he was an Oakland Raiders fan, but now they're obviously the Vegas Raiders. He's not a bandwagon because of Vegas. He has been there since the Oakland days, okay, when they were on the baseball field, (laughs) you know. Uh, But because Grant is a Vegas Raiders fan, during the football season each week, we always give him a little bit of time to either vent or celebrate his Vegas Raiders. And the Raiders are fun to talk about, too, because they got good old John Gruden, who may or may not be in his last season. But we'll talk about that throughout the year. Tyler brought this up earlier. And before Grant goes, I want to bring this up because I mentioned this to Grant either last week or the week before, and he was not happy with this. I'm glad that Tyler mentioned it, too, because he agrees with me. I have said, and Tyler also just said, that the Vegas Raiders might be the worst team in this division, the AFC West. You got the Chiefs. You got the Chargers. You got the Broncos. I I say might because it's Drew Locke. I I really don't trust Drew Locke. And even Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Two Gloves. Uh, Okay, thank you. Like, I love Teddy, but Denver – it, they're just like Indy. They got everything but the quarterback figured out, man. I, you can't build like that. <laughs> you can't build like that. You got to have the quarterback figured out sooner rather than later. And that's why I say the Raiders might be the worst team in the division. But roster-wise, this is definitely the worst team in the division. <laughs> so with that, Grant, our Raiders guy, this time is yours, man. Talk about your Vegas Raiders. How you feeling this year? It's a big year. We've talked in the offseason before about this. It's a big year for John Gruden and good old Mike Mayock because if they don't win this year and if they hypothetically do finish last in this division, we got to have some real it, deep conversations. It might be good night streaks. Yeah, we got to have some they conversations. Might, they might delete Snapchat. Mm. Like It might be that bad. Mm. What an introduction that was, man. <laughs> What an introduction. <laughs> we start off the line segment like, hey, I have some hope for this We're optimistic, here. and then we just and all over the Raiders. Dump, dump button the Raiders. <laughs> all right, that's cool. That that sets me off good because I was coming into the season pretty high. Like, I mean, we went 8-8 eight eight last year, and 
I would say improved in a lot of places, probably other than O-line, probably a minor setback there. But uh, first-round pick, Alex Leatherwood, already um, impressing Yannick Ngakwe, saying he's about to be a dog this year and for his career. So replacing what was known as car insurance back in 2016 when the Raiders made the playoffs is no easy task. But uh, it, it feels better than a lot of people are reporting. And to touch on the bet of a... I don't want to say the W word, but the worst team in the AFC West, as long as Drew Locke is a starting quarterback in this division, the Raiders can comfortably sit at three. Um, I'm, I'm not going to toot horns and say they're better than the Chargers, but uh, we did beat the Chargers and the Chiefs last year. So uh, keep that in mind. No, um, that's obviously last year and teams are improving. The Chargers had the uh, MV or rookie of the year. So that's fun. I don't think the team goes down and wins. Um, I think the biggest addition was Gus Bradley just simplifying the defense. Um, it was kind of a rocket scientist-esque under Gu- Paul Gunther, just kind of very complicated when this team does this, do this. It's a it's sounding a lot more broad and learnable for a lot of these guys. Um, I, I like where the Raiders are right now. Um, I like their draft, at least the first couple rounds. And yeah, it's just, it's very unfortunate to be coming, hopefully, on the come up with the Chiefs and the Chargers and even the Broncos. Like, not writing off the Broncos and saying that they're not going to beat us this year because they have a good team other than Drew Locke. But uh, yeah, this, I, I pray that if this is the same record, 8-8 eight and eight last year, so 8-9, and 9-8, nine, nine and eight, kind of hovering around there. Um, I, I'm not opposed to letting Gruden return to the booth. I think he did his best and he's, he's not really a, he's not really a 2021 coach. Like he needs a great defense as we saw with his previous stint when the Raiders actually had a good defense in the early 2000s. And then he went to the Buccaneers and who also had a great defense at the time and won the Super Bowl. So that was cool. We traded a coach. For like the first time I've ever experienced that in my lifetime. Um, whatever. That's the past is the past. And I I picked up on Tyler's comment earlier saying that they're the uh, did he say the worst team in the league or the worst or the worst Tyler? Team what did you say exactly? Because I said I said this might be the worst team in the division. I said they are a top five bottom team in the AFC. <laughs> well. I wow. Uh, well, hold I mean, on, hold on. I think I mean, I, okay. Here, I I could say teams I mean, are better than the Texans. You guys might be better than the Jaguars. I think the Jets could be better than the Raiders this year. I really do. Oh my! <laughs> All right, Tyler, dumb button. Tyler, well, you, you know, actually, there. I I actually I'm not against that because I do like Robert Sala. I do like Robert Sala, but I don't like that roster. <laughs> When's Robert thing. Sala done as a head coach? Oh, I mean, he hasn't. I mean, he's, he's oh right, 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 It's five hundred. Right. <laughs> he hasn't. He has not lost a football game. He's not lost a football game. <laughs> Fair. Uh, okay, so let's Trevor let's Lawrence go team by team. Let's go team by team. I do think game. you are absolutely better than Houston. The Lions might be Houston's better than Houston terrible. for, for God's sakes. Yeah. Um. I, I I'm not high on Jacksonville. I don't think Obermeyer is going to work. I love Jacksonville. Yeah, I know you love. Jacksonville. <laughs> I love the crickets in the background every time you unmute. <laughs> Hey, hey, hold on. Mike, unmute yourself because this is what happens when I watch Jacksonville Jaguars football. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Texans, 
we'll give them the Jaguars. After that, I don't know. You can maybe say the Bengals, and that's May- all I got. But I don't even. I- I don't know about the Bengals, Dolphins? man. They need Joe Burrow. No, I take the, the Dolphins, Dolphins all day over sure. the Raiders. No, the Dolphins for sure. Yeah. Oh, I would take the Dolphins over the Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> the Dolphins. Oh, what about the Patriots? No I way. would take the Patriots better. over. Give me the, yeah, pa- give me the Patriots Raiders. Are give me the Raiders over the Patriots. And give me the Raiders over the Jets. Get out of here. I don't really like the Patriots, though, but I would take the Patriots uh, They're not the a playoff Raiders. team to me. I just I think mean, the Raiders like, are, are not good. The seven playoff teams God. in the AFC to me right now are Buffalo. I think at least two from the AFC North. I'll go Buffalo, Browns, Ravens. Uh, oh, the, the AFC, West. the AFC South is a mess right now. <laughs> I think the Titans win that division. Cool. Now with the yeah, Titans but I'm not high on them either. That's the thing. I like the uh, I like the Titans. They just lost Arthur Smith. I don't know if Ryan Tannehill is any good or not anymore. (laughs) They definitely wildcard team. Uh, The Colts are a mess right now with all those injuries. The Colts are done. Not because of Carson Wentz. Because of Quinn Nelson. Nelson, Yeah, that's going to hurt them. I'm not touching Jonathan Taylor in fantasy because of that. (laughs) But, okay, so you're going to have the Titans. And then in the AFC West, you've obviously got the Chiefs and Chargers. That one more might be Miami. I I don't know if I can give it to... Either Miami or Pittsburgh. I, I don't know if I could give it to the Vegas Raiders. How about this? I would still take the Colts right now without Wentz and without Quinn Nelson over the Raiders. Oh, oh my so God. Tyler, what's your address? Oh <laughs> <laughs> what's the address of the place you're staying at right now? <laughs> like, I, I would honestly, I would genuinely take the Colts right now. The Colts over still the have a better defense. Way better defense. I'm not denying yeah. that. And I think they have the better coach for sure. I would take Jacob Easton and the, the Indianapolis <gasps> Colts. I'm, I'm, what about Sam Ellinger? It's FOS. Tyler. Sam <laughs> Ellinger is FOS. Sam Ellinger is like can might make it maybe can okay. No for Derek Carr slander. We're not trying to slander Derek Carr. We're just slandering no, no, the Raiders. I, I, yeah, just no. slander the rest of my team. No, I don't mind Derek Carr. Let's I talk about how Derek Josh Carr. Jacobs is not the running back one there. <laughs> Kenyon Drake. I mean, Loki. He might not be. They uh, signed Kenyon Drake. Not Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake is going to be a passing downs back, dude. Yeah. He's going to be like. It's going to be a better Ingram and Kamara, but Ingram's the dog here. Wait, wait, I still what? Think, I still think uh, oh, what, 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 did he, what did he say? What did he say? What did he say? Not better than Kamara. I just meant like Ingram was towards – he wasn't having the year Kamara was. I think they're going to be a little more even in rushing and receiving yards. I'm not saying they're – I did not mean to say they are better than Kamara and Ingram. Okay, just okay fair enough. Better than – Ingram at towards the end. Sorry, it's been a long day for me too. It's Grant, I don't mean to. I don't. I don't mean for us to attack you here because you were so nice to the Lions. He was. I would love to be nice to the Raiders, but <laughs> they stink. I, I, I'm not high on them this year. They stink. Fine, Sorry. You guys got to remember that for the last two years they have started six and three or six and four. It's not how you like, start. It's how you finish. Teams. I know you're you're 100 correct, but I'm saying there's talent there. They beat good teams at the beginning of the season. They always and fall apart. Then, it's impressive how they fall apart. <laughs> they but, always start six and three. Dude, but the, but the <laughs> like I genuinely that, wouldn't be surprised if they beat the Ravens and then went eight and nine. Like they might be, <laughs> they might start crazy hot, and if they can't, Grant. I don't. I just I don't understand it. <laughs> Those crickets! Oh my gosh! Are open this <laughs> season, the players are not going to be focused. This offensive line kind of blows too now, man. You, you lost, lost Trent Hudson, Brown. You lost Gabe Jackson. Like you, you lost three. Hey, but you know what? Players. You got Alex Leatherwood. 
You got Richie Dude, Incognito back. Richie Incognito is a dog. You guys are going off players that may or may not have played games, but we love Robert Sala and we love the Jets. Like, No, I don't love I didn't the say Jets. I love the Jets. I don't love the Jets. I, did not say I, love I said the Jets. I like the Jets better than the Raiders. I, I also not say much. I said I do not like the roster. <laughs> I don't even know don't if Zach like Wilson is any good. I don't know. I'm hearing negative reports. Mac but. Jones. Mac Jones. He dude, had to bring Mac up Mac. I'm surprised. I'm yet. surprised Mike wasn't the one to do that. Mike, unmute yourself. This is me when I'm going to watch Mac Jones this year. That's me. That's me. That's me when John Gruden gets fired mid midseason. I'll tell you what. I need to. I'll tell you what, man. I need to see Mac Jones in Gruden's QB camp. Sorry, He's gonna need it. I need to go for a walk after this and just like cool <laughs> well, off. Well, you know what? You know what? Let's get out of here then, so Grant can calm down. Eli can go to sleep. <laughs> Mike can be with the crickets in peace, and Tyler can do whatever. So to close off today's show, I do want to make training camp preseason Super Bowl picks, and we're going to update these as the season goes on. Because as Tyler mentioned earlier in a different segment. The NFL season is always so unpredictable. Injuries happen. There's teams that just pop out of nowhere and players that pop out of nowhere that we didn't expect. It's always crazy, you know. But I still want to do training camp slash preseason Super Bowl picks. So I'll let Tyler go first here. I mean, you can you can, you can can do the team that you think is going to win or you can do a matchup, either way. Yeah, I'm going to do a matchup. I'm going to do a matchup. So... This might just be basic. In the AFC, man, I just don't know who takes on the Chiefs. This Chiefs yeah. roster is just so good, man. Like, you know, you had the concerns about their offensive line. They, they go out got, and get Orlando yeah. Brown, Joe Tooney. Joe Tooney. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they drafted Creed Humphrey. Like, dude, they just got three legitimate offensive linemen. And I just don't see who takes on this team. I think the Bills are good. Um, I just saw I'll, the group text. I'm sorry. I, I think the Browns are fine. I just I don't think anyone the Raiders beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead last year. Oh, good for you, Jerome. <gasps> and took a victory lap. Um, that victory I lap think, was the coolest thing ever. That's all I gotta say. I, I'll take the. I think the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl, and then in the NFC, man, I got four teams who I think could be legitimate contenders. I think it's gonna be a dogfight. I think it's between the Packers, Bucks, Rams, and Forty ers I think between yeah. those four teams. It's gonna be a dogfight, and I think you mm-hmm. can rank those teams from one to four in any order, and I would have like I I am yeah. okay with that. Like I mm-hmm. think it's a fair argument. Um, I'll be interesting because this these are my boys, Kyle Shanahan. Um, I I'll take the 49ers Chiefs Super Bowl matchup that we got two years ago. I think Trey Lance starts by midseason, maybe towards the end of the year, and I think he'll be a great rookie for this team and going mm-hmm. forward. Great defense, so I'll say Niners Chiefs. You know what? I'll give my boy Trey Lance the victory and the Niners from the Super Bowl this year. Jeez. Well, I know Grant would love if Patrick Mahomes lost back-to-back Super Bowls. <laughs> but but, but, I, but I, would, I wouldn't sleep on the Packers' last dance, Aaron Rodgers uh, and, and Devontae. But that defense. Uh, no, you're, you're right. I mean, I have the Packers winning the North simply because of that. Uh, but, no. I, I like your 49ers pick, though, because people forget that the last time they were healthy, they were, what, 10 minutes away from actually beating – the Chiefs yeah. in the Super Bowl, 
So yeah, yeah, I like that pick. I was gonna say the Bucks. I think I think any of those four teams, I wouldn't be shocked. That no, you could have said any one of those. You could have said any one of those four or five NFC teams. I would have completely. I would have shook my yeah. head and said, yeah, that's. Yeah, I, I think it could be any of those four teams. Like I wouldn't be surprised if Stafford gets hot and he even gets you know with the Rams. <sighs> I hope. I hope. Oh, so we'll but you're not a real Lions fan if you want Stafford to win the Super Bowl. I, I don't care. Stafford no, the Lions will get a better pick if I, the Rams yeah, are I, bad. I, yeah, I'm aware. <laughs> Listen, Stafford, Stafford's my boy. Oh, Tony, you need to let go. He's not a quarterback no more. That's still one of my favorite players in the league, man. I would love to see him win to prove the doubt is wrong. I need to see him win right away. It would make me personally feel good. I don't care about that draft pick. I care about it, but I don't care because Brad Holmes will probably make a good pick regardless. Okay, it's it's kind of like the Verlander situation with the Tigers, but obviously there's no draft pick like implied yeah. attached with it. But it's just like I was so happy to see JV win a World Series, even though oh, now it's an asterisk. There would be but, t- oh yeah, well, but, bang but, bang on that trash can, yeah. There were thank you. There would be t- <laughs> there would be tears if Stafford and the Rams got to the Super Bowl, let alone won it. Uh, speaking of Rams, Eli, are the Rams your pick? Uh, they're not. They're not. I just there's something. There's some. There's some something. There's some curse out there, like against Matthew. Yeah, I can't bet on the Rams. I just feel like, I mean, Cam Akers tore his Achilles in training camp. Like running back it's is so just, replaceable. Uh, but it's just all going downhill. Oh. They're just. He's got thumb issues. No, Stafford broke his thumb or something. He did not break his thumb. He's always got something wrong with him. He can never just be completely healthy. He's always getting beat up all the time. Uh, It's just, it's it's never going to be his time, man. So you're going Chiefs then? I'm going Browns. Browns? Browns. Cleveland, this is for you. I'm going Browns. He just quoted LeBron. I'm going Browns, and then I'm going in the NFC. I'm going to go with the Buccaneers, and I'm going Baker Mayfield, Super Bowl MVP, Tom Brady retiring with a loss. Thank God he didn't say Lamar and the Ravens. I don't think anyone's going to give a Baltimore (laughs) Ravens prediction outside of Baltimore. Uh, (laughs) Mike, what about you? I've got the Chiefs. Let's end with Grant before I give my pick. Grant, Raiders and who? Raiders and the Packers. That's all, that's all I'm saying. No. Um, disgusting. I refuse to watch. Like, I'm kidding. I'd watch the Raiders. I would watch the hell out of that. Um, I know. No. As a, as a betting man, so I got to be somewhat, I got to be very unbiased here. Give me Chiefs Rams and... I can't pick the Chiefs, so give me the Rams. Give me Matt Stafford with the Lombardi. All right. I love it. My pick, Rams and Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Stafford hoists up the Lombardi. Oh, my God. Uh, Let's go. All right, we're ending the show. We went too long today, but that's okay. We are never going to go this long again because uh, by the – by next week, we're going to have a different recording schedule than now. It's going to be earlier in the evening on Mondays, which means that we're definitely going to have to be done by 7 because there will be games that night. <laughs> so we are never going to go this long again. 
but today it was fun though it, it was, was it was fun. very fun until we started making <laughs> cricket jokes but, but, but like talking football man like i no, can talk football it's, forever yeah it's completely fine that we went over today we talked some football talked some summer league it was fun can I have one more? St- we trashed on the question? Raiders too. Go ahead, Grant. Yeah, that was fun. I would. I had a great time with that. Um, <laughs> does Mac Jones have a real number, or is he still like fifty something? I don't it's, know it's, what his it's number. It's gonna is. change when the season starts. Why right you want now, Jersey? Right he now, should take twelve. Yeah. He's gotta earn his twelve. <laughs> Could you imagine if he were number twelve? <laughs> Mac in the Jones <laughs> Could you? Hey, could you? Mac Jones, unannounced to the Patriots fan base in the NFL world, comes out of that tunnel in Foxborough with the number twelve. People might throw stuff at him. I would throw. I would go to Foxborough and throw something at him. And I'm not even a big Brady guy like that. Dude, if Jay was here, he'd be. Oh no, no, oh, oh. I'm not even a Brady guy like that. I would go to Foxborough and throw stuff at. I'd Mac. buy his jersey. If you were number twelve, that'd be that'd be funny as hell. I'd buy his jersey. <laughs> I'd buy him a lunch. Okay, I'm leaving. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. For Mike Billica, Eli Bashi, Tyler Salah, Grant Richards, Jay Horn, my name's Tony Dabrowski. This has been Trash Talk with Tony Dabrowski. I'm leaving. Goodbye. Go to bed, Eli. <laughs>